everybody, and oh, welcome back to Hooked on Hitchcock. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my co-host... G. Larry Butler. G. Larry Butler is here, and we're here to talk about the, the Alfred Hitchcock film, Torn Curtain. And um, first of all, I remember seeing this, and um, when I first was about to watch it, I thought I had turned this off. I think I had turned another movie of his off, because I think I've seen this movie all the way through and actually liked it a lot, you know, a lot back then, and even I like it probably more today, since I've seen it more, you know, a couple times now. You know, I think it's a movie that kind of grows on you, for sure. Um, And, uh, but Larry, this is your first time watching it, huh? Yeah, and I'm a little torn about this. <laughs> Did you get that? Uh, yeah, yeah but really, I think, I, you, I know, think that I, you were very subtle on that joke. Yeah, I mean, it's because, number one, Julie Andrews, every time I see her, I think of Mary Poppins. And she I always, you know, she's not a sexy woman. I, I mean, she's pretty, but she's not sexy. You know what I mean? She's so innocent looking. I keep thinking she's a nun. So she's in bed and she's not getting none, but, you know, pretty close. And uh, with Paul Newman, my God, a sex god. Right. And you know the kissing and stuff. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and there wasn't the that whole, great of the history, to be honest, in the movie. Yeah, I just i i can't i can't wrap my head around how this is such a great movie. And I, I saw all the reviews. Some liked it, some didn't, and some hated it. I didn't hate it, but I just it was probably one of his weakest movies. Hitchcock. You think it really so? Wasn't. Uh, enthralled with it yeah well to me it was pretty good near the end when all the people were on the bus you know and they're trying to escape and everything so, and then it got a little little more suspenseful but it uh, wasn't really suspenseful the first two-thirds of it it was kind of plodding and rigid and you know it just wasn't uh intriguing to me so there were uh, a, few, a little bit intellectual hitchcock you know, type moments you know, that made the movie. Yeah, there were. Uh, when they were having the fight and stuff like that, but we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't want to get ahead of the audience, uh, you know, take them through the plot. Yeah, but, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss, take them through the know. plot. We'll let people know what's going on. So, um, you know, you know, I'll, I'll read sort of what Wikipedia, like their plot for it is, you know. And then, right. uh, and then every now and then we can like, you know, chime in if you feel like there's something there you want to talk about. You know what I mean? Um, okay. but uh, first off, let's see. Um, where is it? Uh, here it is. Torn curtain. All right, the plot. That's a pretty lengthy plot too. So that we'll get through a lot of stuff. Um. In 1965, Michael Armstrong, a U.S. physicist and rocket scientist, is traveling to a conference in Copenhagen with his assistant slash fiance, Sarah Sherman. Uh, Armstrong receives a radiogram to pick up a book in Copenhagen. It contains a message which says, contact Pi in case of emergency, right? Uh, he mm -hmm. tells Sherman he's going to Stockholm. But she discovers 
he's flying to East Berlin and follows him. So let's 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 break that down. Let's break all that stuff down. So in the beginning of the movie, yeah. uh, they're on like a cruise, right? It was like a cruise ship kind of thing. Something. Yeah, like... it's a big uh, ship that uh, it's like an icebreaker ship because they like go through Titanic? this fjord. And everything's cold. Did you notice that? Even yeah. the water in the guy's glass is is uh, he has to break it open. It's locked style. It's kind of funny, you know, because it's so uh, frigid that it, his ice his ice water freezes, so he can't drink any. And uh, everybody says, "Oh, it's so cold! It's so cold!" And uh, you know, people are discussing. Well, perhaps that's a subtle thing about the Cold War or something. You know, it's right. an allusion to the, the Cold War, which everybody was a little frigid towards each other. So anyway, yeah. I mean, it just it was kind of like uh, not te- terribly necessary to do that. Maybe they were just having fun with it. Maybe. Um, and uh, Hitchcock was uh, definitely different on this one. Um, yep. So we were introduced to uh, Michael. What's his name? Armstrong. Uh, Michael Armstrong, I should know that. That's my mother's maiden name. Uh, Michael Armstrong, and he's a physicist. He's a nuclear scientist. And he's there to give a lecture uh, with his assistant and his fiance. But, and then he's he's kind of rude to her. He's kind of dismissive because she mm-hmm. keeps wanting to be with him so much. And he keeps saying, well, you know, I mean, you were the one that insisted on coming. You know, I, I have too much to do. I have to stay busy and you know, you just can't be around me all of a sudden. She's looking hurt, you know, and so she's showing a lot of emotions. And uh, and then she finally gets up and leaves the table because he wants to go to Stockholm and doesn't want to take her with him. And she finds excuses why he should take her because she can cook. She can do all this stuff for him. No, absolutely not. And he's not even looking at her in any eye. He was just looking down the whole mm-hmm. time. So she's finally got the the clue like i'm getting the hell out of here i'm going home right so when she goes but, to the front desk of the concierge she finds out that he's not going to stockholm at all no no berlin so then go ahead and take it from there well well don't don't forget that earlier too she would like answer his phone and stuff and like um there was a person on the other end from a bookstore right that was there right right and right. so they kept telling him like his book is there and stuff, and yeah. um, she was like, "Oh, I'll just go pick up your book." And I'm, and he's like, "What way, huh?" <laughs> right. Going, she oh my god, do don't favor. go there. <laughs> yeah, well, too late. She already left. Yeah. So she left. He goes, and and this other guy tails along. I don't know what the heck his. his so that you know, guy was kinda... like one of the German guys from East well, he's Berlin. A spy. Yeah, he's one of the spies. And he's, you know, he looks really suspicious, you know. He's really got these great looks, like he looks sideways at people and, you know, constantly scrutinizes them. And so he's watching her when they give her the book, and then he hides when the guy sees him. He yep. kind of ducks behind a bookcase. And so you know he's guilty of something. So anyway, but she uh, she brings the book to uh, her, her fiancé, to Mike, and then uh, he takes it in the bathroom. And yeah, well, uh, it says and he's one... going to leave it with the concierge, and then he completely goes the opposite way. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like the the, the funny thing about that is, you can see her watching him do that. Yeah, like, well, he's not a very good spy. <laughs> he's the worst. Well, he so was, he's, he's not like really. He's not supposed to be a spy. Which well, 
this is very complicated. We'll get to that at the end. But she uh, he goes in there and and turns to page one hundred seven, and uh, there's a picture of a pie in in the script, and so it's underlined. Like uh, we so, we gotta specify that for people who have not seen this movie, but pie like oh, the yeah, symbol, right. pie, not like a slice of pie or something. No, but it's, like it's the not symbol a, not pie. pie. Yeah. If any mathematicians out there, you'll know what that means. Yeah, or people so, who just hopefully studied it in school, like you know, three point one four is by. You know, I couldn't not... figure out what it meant. I mean, what was its real meaning? Just find a mathematician somewhere, to, or was I think it guy? Even though the lady explained it, um, I think it was the lady. One of the people explained it that it was a uh, uh, that the person was a farmer. Or not a farmer mathematician, right? Like the husband was a math, a uh, former husband was a mathematician. I think the husband had died or something, and so that right. was like their code, you know. Was and I think it was this code for this company for this group of like people because like later oh. we later as we'll get to, the, you know, the people that are escaping. I think that's part of the pie group, you know, like uh, the Illuminati or something. Yeah, something like that. The secret group. Yeah. The His secret group of uh, uh, spies, I guess, or whatever, where people yeah. are trying to do things in East Berlin that they shouldn't be doing. Um, or is it West Berlin? Which one's bad? Yeah, East Berlin? Well, they're in East Berlin, but they're, you know, their uh, sympathies are with the West. Right. Uh, they're trying to escape. And they so, put the wall up in 61, and it wasn't taken down till 89. So that was almost 30 years. So when she and, finds uh, out that he is actually planning to go to East Berlin, she gets a ticket of the same flight to go to East right. Berlin. She's sitting uh, at the back of the plane. I know, which I absolutely love, like where he looks and he sees her and he's like, oh, fuck. You know, yeah. and he has yeah, to walk yeah. up to her and like tell her, you can't, you, you, you shouldn't have come. Like, uh, you need to get on the, you know, the next plane and get the hell out of here because it's not. This yeah, doesn't yeah. concern did you. you. Notice, did you notice how much they used the word hell? I mean, that was the equivalent of using the F word for yep. us. I think they were just starting to be allowed to use it, so they kept saying it a lot. It's kind of gratuitous, like "Oh, the hell with you," or "The hell with it." I don't care, you know that sort of thing. They were saying it a lot. <laughs> I was kind of chuckling over it, that. It's that like, reminds me, like hell? <laughs> South Park did a whole bit where when they finally were allowed to say shit on the air, like on TV, oh, yeah. they made a whole yeah, yeah. show where they do nothing but say shit all the right. time. And it was a big, big deal. And right, I right. thought that was really funny. Um, you I, know? I just did a movie. I played Michael Myers' father in, in some movie uh, and then um, up in north in uh, Washington State. And everybody was saying the F word, but like too much. Even the little girl that was playing my sidekick. She's only like 15 years old. Everybody's saying F this, F this, F this. It's like, isn't this a little effing too much <laughs> it is i feel like do it. I, I feel like you know like at one point it might have been kind of like this cool like you know when you could get away with it like like when you're saying like you can say to hell with you or whatever and you're saying yeah. it too much they're probably doing it because now we're allowed and 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 we're gonna we're gonna use and abuse it you know well, um, losing its impact Right, you know, it used to be quite shocking when you said that. Now it's like f this, f this. Eh. I'm trying to remember so, the line I heard. 
Oh, it was from the movie Kickboxer 2. There's a great line where the guy says, you know, where Sasha Mitchell's character says, you know what? You've got a big mouth and you say, you know, and you say uh, you you start using curse words all the time. He's talking to a kid, right? And then you're just like, uh-huh. you start, you, you say, you know, you start to say the, F, uh, the, the curse words so much, they start to lose their meaning, you know, right? And he looks at her and goes, fuck you. <laughs> That was just that was great. What? Well, that's fucking great. I didn't know you'd say fuck on the air. Oh, me? Uh, yeah, well, anyway, we can say I as many curse words as we can on Bobby. Have to think of a new word that talks even more than that. So, yeah, future. So let's get back to the torn curtain. So we get we always get a little lost, but uh, torn curtain. I know, but that's the fun of it. That's what makes it special. Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) But we also want to stay on target. Um, Yes. So he comes back, and uh, so she's on the plane, and the uh, the German guy that um, we didn't mention before that uh, he kept wanting to have like dinner with her, or you know, he didn't even know that they were married. You know, he just thought right. he was his assistant or something. And so the German, uh, what is it? The German guy is like, "Why did? What is she doing here? You know, why is she here?" Um, and he was like, "She yeah. followed me. Like, I can't get rid of her and stuff." Right. So they bring her, and they kind of tell the German guys what's going on, right? And um. Yeah. And the German guys say, "Oh, blah blah blah. We're um, we'll just use the we'll use the girl, you know, for your assistant, you know, because she's already here. Mm-hmm. If we send her back, it'll look bad, you know, right? So let's right. just keep her here if she wants to be here. So she wanted to be there because she wanted to be with him. He was okay with it, but he was still like very standoffish about it, like." You know, like please go away, and 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 I get it because he's trying not to get her involved in this really big, you know, deal that he is doing, and he's afraid if she, I think there's a line in the movie where somebody says if she screws up, you know, that could get right. us into a lot of trouble. Is one yeah, of the yeah. I think that was the main concern. Uh, not that it was very dangerous. Well, it was that too. I mean, they could be tortured to death, but. uh he was afraid she might blow his cover, you know, and that, that wouldn't be good at all. So, uh, so we kept trying to keep, you know, not tell her the whole story. Right. So right. she thinks he's working because later he announces publicly that he's working with the uh, German people and they're going to be, I don't know. What are they doing? Like they're working on a, a top secret project or something kind of thing. Well, yeah, um, but the the whole cover is the fact that they want to stop nuclear warfare. So right. the uh, they they came up with this ruse to, that uh, he would come come over there. I may even get ahead of myself, but he was pretending to be defecting that like he did. He didn't want nuclear warfare. So he came up with a, an idea on how to stop nuclear missiles, kind of like Reagan's plan when he invented the space war thing, the concept like anybody that fires missiles at us will be intercepted by our own missiles. So if we all agree on this, which East Berlin loved that fact because they were threatened by the West, they wanted to stop all nuclear warfare. 
And so it fit in his plans. And so by going over there, he would pretend to want to do that, too, mm-hmm. and get their secrets about what they knew about nuclear fission and all the, the bomb projects and then take it back to the United States. So in, in essence, he's a double agent. He is a double but agent. But nobody knew that. Yeah, he, uh-huh. she, he, he didn't want his wife to know that. No. It became increasingly difficult because she was very hurt that he never wanted to be with her. and He's always sneaking around. And, you know, it's hard to keep secrets from your wife or husband if you're so close to him. But, yeah, um, especially anyway. something that big, like that's being a double agent and, and, and then her seeing him, like giving them help, you know, the East Berlin yeah. people help. At yeah. one point, he's at the... He's there to do that. And really what he wants is Dr. Lind, who is like this guy yeah. who's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all he he's wants. Gonna fake, he's going to fake. He was going to pretend to give him information. It's like playing chess and then get the other guy to re- reveal their yeah. information. But they um, finally got, got caught. Lind said, you know nothing. He turned yep. around when he was on the blackboard and said he, he realized he didn't know shit. So see there, I said shit. Yep. But anyway, so it, it's an amazing situation. I finally got, you know, I, I was puzzled at first. Is he a spy? She thought he was a traitor, unpatriotic. And uh, I kind of did too for a while. And I thought, no, there's got to be more to this than that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would do that. But then um, it's based on a true story about a guy who really did defect. Did you read that somewhere? I did not. That's that's yeah. new to me. It's so based on good. a true story about two scientists in the West who defected to the East. And one of their wives followed them over there. So partially, part of that story is true. I mean, it, oh. it, but they just made it seem like it because they wanted to make a Hollywood ending where, you know, he gets away with it. Well, but, I heard um, that the original ending was even darker. Like, I think that it, it yes. ended on, on them getting caught and everything. Um, well, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So it's not not true to form. It's not completely, you know, uh, you know, uh, gospel. But, but, but uh, anyway, um, so we also forgot to mention that there's this guy. Um, what's his name? He starts with a G. Grosky or something. Um, no, Gromit, Gromit, uh, Gromit, something like that. Uh, yes, Gromit, Gromit, Gromit. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't he, stop the movie, so I just and there was no, uh, there was no I subtitles. Could, I couldn't. Hold it. Yeah. So anyway, I just made up a word, and then finally, you know, I got, I saw yep. the cast list, and yeah, it's Gromit, Gromit, Gromit. Gromek, G R O M E K, and uh, he was my favorite okay. character, by the way. He is like uh, the whole time he's talking to Paul Newman. He's like, he's like, oh, do you still have this? You know, do you have this uh, uh, pizza place down in New York? Yeah, do yeah. you do you do this? Oh, how do you say this? You know, oh, I, you know, right? And he's all into like the American culture, yeah. and he's like he lived there yeah. for a little bit, so he like I think he really enjoyed it, you know, and um, kind of wished he was back there, I guess, or whatever. But uh, he was uh, he was in charge of just watching. Um, uh, he was wa- trying to bond with him. He was trying he was also, to bond with him. He was also then, security uh, though. Like he was there to yeah, make sure. yeah, he's trying to yeah, he was trying to get 
closer to him. Armstrong uh, could care less. Remember how he just kind of dismissed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, Wonderful. most of the time he was he like that. Like... Very short with everybody, almost. <laughs> yeah, and, he was. Very distant. And I think he did that on purpose. Like, I feel like his character uh, was like that because uh, as a spy, you can't give out so much information. And so if you're right. short with everybody, they can't they can't get everything out of you. Right. So if you, you know, um, if you answer just like yes or no, or, you know, whatever, but you don't like continue, like I would be a terrible spy because I chat all the time with people and I get yeah. into a lot of trouble that way, you know, right. Cause I say the wrong things or do something, you right. know, whatever. Yeah, I understand. I did that to some degree. You know, I, I just saw in my notes, uh, uh, Armstrong said that he created a defensive weapon that the U.S. did not want because they're very warlock, but uh, that he wanted to give to the East Germans. That was his cover story. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the nuclear war could be abolished when, when in reality, he was actually more hawkish. You know, uh, he was uh, he, he was he was more in tune with the United States than than against them in right. reality. He was just pretending to be so. So anyway, they liked that idea. Like, yeah, let's abolish war so the commies can take over. Um, (laughs) They were in love with that idea. To go with Gromick. So Gromick is following him at one point, right? And and riding his motorcycle. And he follows him to like this uh, museum. And oh, that museum was like, I wanted to go there. Like I don't know if that was a set or if that was real or whatever. It looked it looked real to me, but that like German yeah, it's in, East Berlin it's in West German. Yeah, I was over there. It was West Berlin. West Berlin. Yeah, okay. we visited we visited uh, East and West and the Wall and everything. They left part of the Wall up to remind people of what can happen. You know, uh, you know, like in this country, maybe someday there'll be a wall. The, the way things are going, because it's very tribal right now. Uh, I don't want to get into politics. But well, you know real quick, I do about. want to mention, I don't know if you ever listened to the uh, band Pink Floyd. You know, yeah. they had a whole album called The Wall, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the Wall uh, of Sound. And yeah. in, um, uh, they, had a, they had a live uh, thing at, at East Berlin, you know, or whatever. Like, they had oh, one in wow. Germany. And they actually sang... Like they did the whole the wall the whole album, uh, in this concert and like there was a couple what? people who came in and sang other things too with them or whatever like joined them you know and uh, like Tim Curry was there really enough, um, but random people were there supporting it and it was one of the best live albums I've ever heard. But uh, the mm. coolest things if you watch the videos of it they show the wall keep getting torn down and tearing down the wall oh. and stuff. It's pretty neat. Uh-huh. So Yeah, they um, said 5,000 people escaped from there, and uh, several hundred were killed. They uh, went over, under, around, through, uh, try to get out. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so, you know, uh, what is it? So Gromick is following him through the museum and, and everything, and it's kind of suspenseful because you have no idea where Gromick is the whole time you just hear 
the footsteps the whole time. I just love that scene yeah. because he's just like looking yeah. behind him. He can't see the guy, but he can hear him coming. <laughs> it's just, so, it's kind of creepy and uh, a bit, you know, like, you know, and he finally gets out through a door and, and takes off, hails a cab and, and takes off without Gromick. I, I guess, I don't know how Gromick found him, but Gromick did find him. Yeah, everybody's talking about that. All the reason, like, how did he find him? So I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I don't know. Convinced. There's no, there was no, I mean, back then they didn't have like a GPS tracker or anything, you know, on somebody. I don't think so. I don't know. No. They ended up, he ended up finding him. He found him at the farm. But before he got to the, before Grandma got to the farm, Michael got to the farm and chatted with this man who was uh, US, you know, US basically part of the spy group, you know, right. and, uh, the guy chats mm. with them for a little bit, and that was a pretty cool scene too. Like, I think he's on oh, like before a horse. that. Well, there's a very important scene. Remember when he makes a sign in the dirt of the mm. pie sign? That was his mistake because mm. Gromick sees that. That's yep. what led to the big fight and everything. But uh, yeah, he talks to that. Uh, the, the guy was an American, right? Uh, the farmer, mm -hmm. and he was just uh, pretending to be a farmer, of course, but. Um, and he tells him to you have to be very careful. Um, so even then, before that, at the bookstore, they said, be very careful with this book because it's a first edition. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, what does that mean exactly? That means, you know, it's, it's all one of a kind. So but anyway, so that pie sign is very important. That pie um, sign is very important. So the whole reason he goes to the museum is to shake his tail, you know, shake that guy that's following him and, and trying to escape. And so I don't know. He must have seen he must have gotten out right after him and and seen the car driving away or something. But, yep. Um, uh, let's see. This can... So oh, they get... they, uh, when he talked to the American, the American spy on the tractor. Mm -hmm. they, they discuss if uh, Sarah knows what's really going on or not. Remember that? Yep. And uh, and, and if she did, would, would she reveal it? So there. See, that was really that was once again that, that brings back the idea that he was afraid to tell her what uh what what he's doing because like could she could she accidentally give it away to these people? Yeah. You know, uh, because she's not a spy or whatever. She's not. You know, she's not yeah. kind of trained to be a spy. So she, you know, him as a spy, he's sort of trained to be that way. He's sort of trained to know what to say or what, like I said, he, he talks really short. He's very careful what he does generally, except for the pie sign that he made in the the uh, dirt, which I think was stupid. Um, I don't even know why he did that. Um, you know, like it didn't, it, it did not help yeah. whatsoever. They were talking about secret papers, too, and I think one of them mentions the fact that uh, he wonders if spies ever know what uh, what's in the secret papers they steal. And then uh, I think uh, Armstrong comments that, uh, well, I know uh, uh, more about what's inside this man's brain than anybody. It takes a scientist to pick a scientist's brain. Mm -hmm. So he was... You know, it's more important that he doesn't even have papers that he can just find out through talking to this guy. But I think this guy surprises him. He knew a lot more than he 
was aware of. Like what he led um, on to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he saw him make this, these equations and stuff, he yeah. was very impressed. So, and so then uh, well, let's, let's talk about, let's talk more about inside the farmhouse because that is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Okay. All uh, right. So Bromick comes into the farmhouse and, uh, and uh, right at the time that Michael is basically leaving out the back door and he says, you know, what, you know, hey, what are you doing here? You know, what's going on? Uh, you know, he's like, oh, I'm just seeing some relatives that, you know, live out here and everything. He was like, oh, this is your relative. Oh, OK. And she's there, I guess, as she's part of the group, you know, the spy group, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's part of Pi. Right. And so uh, he basically finds out what's going on and threatens to tell the call the um uh the german people you know and let them know that basically he's he's a spy now you know that he's whatever he's doing something shady and um they mm -hmm. uh, sort of uh they attack him you know so they start grabbing him and choking on on Gromick and my favorite scene my favorite part is the fact that she pulls out a knife and she doesn't know what to do, right? Like, so she mm -hmm. comes at him and he's pretty much Gromach's telling her, get away from me. Like, don't even dare. You're, you're <laughs> you don't know how to do this, you know, whatever. Leave yeah, me alone. Yeah. yeah. And he, she takes the knife and stabs him like up above his chest and the knife breaks in half. And so you can see see some of it still sticking out of him, and blood's coming down. But uh, he's he's not moving any anymore. So she's like, "What else can I do?" So she picks up a uh, uh, what is it a, a pan, a pot, frying a pan, 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 and like starts hitting him in the knee, yeah. <laughs> not, making him go down onto the ground. And so, what else can they do? To how are they going to get rid of this guy? Well, let's open up the oven. <laughs> turn on the gas and shove his head in there. And the greatest shot in the whole movie, in my opinion, is them when he like lifts him up and they're just dragging him and you can watch him getting dragged. You almost feel like yourself are being dragged by this, uh, uh, by the camera, you know, being pulled or whatever. And so the guy gets pulled into the, uh, to the basically a gas Love chamber it. in a way. You know, and the irony of that, you know, because yeah. he's German. Can yeah. you did you understand that? I, I did not. I didn't even then, until I, I just said either. gas chamber I, in my head. I read that. Somebody's review says the irony of that, this German Nazi uh probably was, uh is being um, you know, gassed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic. I I'm didn't think of that either that until I just said gas chamber, basically. But yeah, <laughs> oh, so they take him and put him in the head, his, his head in there. And then you just see from his like his perspective and his hands going yeah. like up and down. And oh, my God, it was so great. Yeah, yeah the way it flailed in the air and like uh, it was done very well. I know that was my favorite yeah. scene in the whole movie. Like, yeah. honestly, that in itself gave it high regards like i would watch this okay, again yeah. for some of these yeah, scenes yeah. like that I, I, um it's it's not I'd a movie to. that is easy to watch yeah, over and over again you know i think um, i could i should i see i should see that again because i yeah. didn't get a chance to 
I normally see these things twice. Now, even before that, when she's hitting him in his knee, he's being strangled, being choked by Armstrong. And then when she hits his knee, he makes a face like, what? <laughs> it was so funny. Like, you're hitting me in the knee and I'm getting killed anyway, you bitch. And yeah. it's like, oh. It's like, oh, God. It was so funny, the face he made. (laughs) That guy was one of my favorite actors in the whole movie. Like I I said before, I loved him when he was talking to to him about everything. Like, he was a character, you know? Um, From what I understood, now this is just from doing a little bit of research on it, but what I've understood was that Alfred Hitchcock did not want Paul Newman and Julie Andrews. Um, he he did not originally see them as the thing, but the studio right, Universal right. at the time wanted wanted them, and he they pushed Paul the Paul Newman and Julie Andrews right. at right. that time they were probably their biggest money making people, you know that they could that they had probably had contracts with. A lot of these but companies they- had like contracts with actors that they would have to do three or four movies with them you know or right. whatever and so they're like let's like my favorite story is that the harvey weinstein for chasing amy wanted uh what is it john stewart i oh, know it was it was david schwimmer john stewart and um and drew barrymore in the movie and what ended up happening was ben affleck jason lee and joey lord adams who were not who were no at that time no names um, you know, they hadn't made it big at the time and everything, but Kevin Smith wanted those guys because a, they were written for them. Like he wrote them like for those guys, but Weinstein had deals with all three of the other people. So if they were going to make it for like, say $5 million or so, that's who they would have cast, uh, those big names if they're, but they ended up making it for like a hundred and, uh, uh, no, 200 thousand dollars or whatever you know much cheaper yeah. 250 thousand mm-hmm. something in that range uh much cheaper than uh even a million dollars you know um sure. but that's the thing i think that paul newman and julie uh, julie andrews had you know these um uh you know contracts and and universal kept pushing them and uh alfred hitchcock has said one of my favorite lines that he's ever said to somebody is, uh, you know, Paul Newman kept bugging him, you know, saying he wants to do this, you want to do that. And he goes, what is my motivation? Do you know what he said? No. Your salary is your motivation. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just, that's just <laughs> such an acerbic comment. It's such, yeah. a, it's such a Hitchcock line. You know, yeah, like I yeah, could just see him like saying that and then smiling about it. Your, your, uh, you know, your uh, salary is your, uh, you know, motivation. Yeah, right. And then well, smiles and then walks away. He's he didn't such like a... actors. No, well, he didn't like method <laughs> actors, and because method no. actors were people, and we've talked about this before, I think, for the wrong man, because I think um, I forgot Henry Fonda or. Whoever was in the wrong man was a uh, somebody big like that was like a method actor, and he he it drove him nuts because he just doesn't like 
method acting. Uh, he yeah. thinks that acting should be if you're if I tell you to go here as the director, you go here. You do not argue with me for five ten right. minutes of time and right. waste my time arguing right. with me of why your character won't go there. And I agree with them. Yeah, no, I know. Like, I agree. Like if if everything's all set up and ready, you know, um, if you want to bring that up to begin with, you know, like if you want to say, hey, um, Hitchcock or or whoever, you know, I want to discuss with you, uh, my character before. Like I I've done that before with actors, you know, where I've directed actors who have come to me and said. You know, do you mind if I explore going around this area and doing this? You know, right? Mm -hmm. I think my character would do that. And I've looked at it, and if I did not think that, you know, uh, that was, you know, that was the way to go, I would have told them. Like, no, I, because I, I, it's funny when you're the writer, because an actor thinks, oh, I'm the character, but I'm like, I, I fucking wrote the character. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I know where I no, want no. my characters to go or no. do if I'm I writing and directing. Them. You know, yeah, especially if the director is the writer, right. you don't yeah. want to question them. I mean, I, I'm I I'll do it to a little a small degree. Just suggest something, and if the director says no, then it's no. He's the then boss. He's the boss. So that's the way I work at it. I don't argue about anything because I'm just there getting paid or not getting paid, but whatever. <laughs> But just, you know, whatever it is, I'm doing it. So I, I don't I don't make a big thing out of it because I get it create friction, you know. And so I just figure the director's a boss and, you know, you can bring it up and I'm not shy about that. But I don't want to worry it to death, you know, and talk about it for five or ten minutes. Just like one question, you know, and 30 seconds is over one way or the other. Yep. So if you say yes, great, go with it. If not. Move yeah. on. Do what they say. Uh, you know, I get my way, and sometimes I don't, and it's okay either way. Because exactly. I was up in Washington, you know, and I, I was thinking I wasn't intense enough in the last scene. Uh, I mean, they loved what I was doing, but I thought I can go one step higher. You want to go with me? And they finally said, okay. What do you got in my eyes? I'm going to scream, a primal scream, which is going to scare the shit out of everybody. And so I did it, and it worked. All the actors in the scene, because they weren't expecting that. It made it, it real to them. I yep. scared them. And so they, they got the real look in their eyes, like, holy shit, what was that? So anyway, I, but... You know, I love that. I, lo I love, like, the real and in the moment. That's why I really don't like shot listing and stuff, you know? I like kind of coming up with shots on the day because um things change you know i can have a i can have a great shot list in my head right and then um you know i i can have a great shot list in my head right i can have this um you know every everything planned but obviously uh things won't always go to plan right yeah, you right. know so sometimes people you know, sometimes things are, you know, um, th things get changed last minute, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to just work with it. And I think if you over plan everything, um, it, it gets to be too structured to and, and people aren't in the moment, you know. 
Um, like you yeah. said, if, if you, if somebody said, no, I, I can't do that because this, this, and this, uh, you know, and, and, and it loses that like appeal to it, you know, it loses that, you know, um, feeling. So anyway, Alfred right. Hitchcock did not like method actors. He doesn't like people telling him basically how to direct, you know, in a way. And so he, he didn't, Julie Andrews got along with him, but she was sort of, she's not his type. You know, if you watch all his no. movies, you know, he likes that hot, like fucking grace, you know, um, uh, princess grace, you know, kind of shit. Right. You know, he likes, yeah, yeah. um, you know, uh, Janet Lee, you know, these beautiful blonde vixens. He doesn't like, Julie Andrews, who looks like Mary Poppins, you know, she is, but like, you know, oh, she's like too vanilla. She's too vanilla. Yeah. You know, very innocent, sweet, you know, uh, hurt easily. And she doesn't have a chip on her shoulder like a lot of his uh, women did in, in his, her, his movie. He liked the women that are feisty, fierce, and combative. I think that's and another reason why are, I didn't like Tippy Hedren much. Um, because she's just not feisty like that, you know. She's sweet. She's and I felt terrible. And one day, I think this season we might do the birds, if not next season. Um, we gotta do the birds at some point. Um, but uh, Tippy Hedron, you know, she just wasn't feisty. Uh, Julie Andrews is not feisty. You know, these actresses aren't like that. So he almost doesn't feel like he has anything to work with. I feel like. You know, right. I felt that way, too. I it pulled me out of the whole thing. I was like, this is a bad fit. Paul mm. Newman. And, you know, with with I mean, Paul Newman would have been fine, but but not her. And she was great in other movies, but different types of movies. Um, and she was excellent in Mary Poppins. And uh, uh, what's the one about the nun? Uh, that one and uh, Sound of Music, you know, Sound but music, stuff yeah. like that where. She plays a sweet, innocent person, um, but not this. Not I thought this. Nope. miscast totally. I know, so, like but once Fred, again, I think it's just the studio just wanted somebody who yeah. had a name. Yeah. You know, like it draws attention. This was one of the biggest uh, money makers for 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 him at that time. Like this was the one of the biggest grossing movies at that time, and it's because what? it had fucking. Paul Newman and 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 it's one of Hitchcock's least favorite movies that he worked on and and or probably you know he probably like me enjoyed some of the scenes in the movie that he made but he didn't enjoy the making of it and he probably didn't enjoy the outcome of it you know compared right. to what it could could you imagine Grace Kelly in that role would have been phenomenal mm-hmm. i think she was passed on like from acting that time i think she had already become princess of monaco but you know um or maybe that's right yeah might not have been alive but um she she would have been great um uh janet lee would have been great i don't know if you want to work with her again vera miles there are some great actresses that he's worked with in his life Mm -hmm. that would be just perfect but unfortunately uh, Julie Andrews, sweet as sweet as can be, um, but just it just didn't feel like her role, you know. So, um, yeah. but all right. So after 
he kills we we got to the part where he kills the guy or whatever like the the ghast uh gromic and he has to leave as quickly as possible the the farmers the lady the lady uh the farmer's wife i guess or whatever uh says she'll take care of everything and um i don't i don't remember how but they they found out where uh where like he went like that guy went so later um in the story what, what uh gromick they found out that he went to that oh the taxi driver told him oh he squealed yeah he that's squealed. how he okay he squealed yeah because oh, he so. saw him go in the house and he didn't come out and uh they finally found the motorcycle and the body yeah and that's it later very deep. but no it was funny so uh he leaves the farm goes back um and he's this is the time where he's wants to meet professor lind and he wants to uh he he has to talk to everybody and 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 they get together uh in this like classroom thing and he's <laughs> uh chatting with the people kind of telling them some information they're talking to him and then all of a sudden a man comes one of the guys comes in and starts talking to him about everything that's going on. And it turns out that they knew about the, the farmhouse, right? And that this guy had gone there. You know, Gromick had gone to the farmhouse. And so yeah. they asked him, Have you been to this farmhouse? And he was like, Oh yeah, I you know, I um uh, I have some family or whatever. And they said, Did you see Gromick? He goes, Gromick, no, I never saw Gromick you know, there or whatever. And they don't believe him, you know? Right. And they're like, we can't do something, you know, until we get this investigation going and professor Lind has to leave soon, you know? Oh, and we forgot to mention, God dang, man. We forgot to mention that lady, the uh, other lady who's helping them with pie trips him, makes him fall down the stairs. Oh and, yeah. That was the next thing. Right. The scientist. Yeah. Forgot yeah. her name, but, uh, but she was like but, playing I mean, a nurse. I I think that was heavily criticized. Like, why did she need to do that? I mean, he could have been seriously hurt. In fact, he was hurt. Yeah. Why didn't she just think of another excuse to dro- drag him in there? Say, like, can you help me with something? Uh, I'm not familiar with this kind of uh, parasite. Or can you look under the mi- microscope? Or, you know, think of anything. But to trip him, he could have broken his neck. So I, I think uh, they were wondering why Hitchcock did that. Maybe he was so bored he wanted to shake people up a little bit. Maybe he wanted to there trip Paul Newman. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they it's got like along Paul Newman's annoying me. I originally have this scene where they yeah. go up there, you know, let's have him where he tri- gets tripped. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know uh, the backstory behind their um, their collaboration. but So anyway, um, she kind of explains some stuff to him uh, about what's going on or whatever that he needs um, – uh, that that she's working, you know, that she's working for them for the pie group and stuff, yeah. and that um she's you know she's basically going to help him and his wife get out, you know, get out safely and stuff. Um, meanwhile, well, so when he go, what were you gonna say? Yeah, he, he even asked her. He said, "Did you really have to trip me?" To get me to come in here, he even says that. He says, "Well, I mean, you know, it seemed like the thing to do at the time." Is it? Yeah, I, I, I think literally, and maybe that was in the writing. They were just like, "How are we going to get ads? Trip them, 
you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, but <laughs> and uh, then we'll have this like little explanation of it, you know. Um. So anyway. Uh. So yeah. So they they go and they meet in the classroom, and um, and they're like, okay, bring in the uh, assistant. She'll she'll tell everything to us. You know, so the assistant comes in and finds out, oh, shit, he's really trying to he's really working with these guys and she doesn't want to deal with them, you know, and she doesn't want to tell him anything. So she takes off and they're like, you need to convince her, you know, to to do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the only way he can think to convince her is to actually tell her what's going on. And um, well, did we miss something there? Did I miss something? Because he takes her up on this little hill. They take a walk outside, right? And they're watching him, and their animation. It was all MOS. They didn't hear him, but they did. She seemed like you know she's folding her arms, turning away from him. And then finally, she goes kind of like, "Oh, yeah." So he, he must explained. Have told he her, told her to who he what he was doing, his plan. Because yeah, after was, that, you see co- sort of the shift of a her yeah. helping, and then her knowing all this information that she didn't know before. But the audience is totally in the dark, and well, maybe I one mean, of them like that, you know, so we could figure it out for ourselves. I it guess more, it's also like it would. It made it look cooler for because it made us look like we were the German guys watching them. Yeah. And, and the whole time, if you see that, if you watch that, and you're the German guy watching that, you might be wondering in your head, like, what did he say to convince her? You know, right? Exactly. And so they look suspicious, you know, because she all well, of a sudden she's all over him right after that. It's very true. I'm always saying you should study people's body language more than words that come out of their mouth because mm-hmm. people can be lying. You you watch about their gestures and that really tells a story. Right. You know, if they're including you, excluding you, fighting you, tricking you, there's different things that you can look for and right. rather than words. So that was really an interesting way to do it. Uh-huh. Um so they could have taken that either way, whether he, you know, he was tricking them or was he just tricking her? Right. <laughs> Which so. was and and we, the audience, might even be wondering that, too, because yeah. already we have found him out to be a double agent. What if he's a triple agent? Yeah. What if he's an agent for another government company? Yeah. Like yeah. it could have gone anywhere else. Like it could have gone that he was actually working for Russia. And this whole thing was like an elaborate ruse from Germany to Russia, to English, you know, like who knows? Because that's, well, it wasn't that's resolved the whole... at the end. It, you know, at the end, it wasn't totally resolved that he was any of those things. Right. You know, it made it look like he was a good guy at the end, but who was he? You know, <laughs> maybe there's a sequel there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he so never anyway, did sequel. But that's a great. You ever knows yeah. that? You never knows that. Uh, he he's only done one remake, and that was a remake of his own movie. You know, uh-huh. um, he's never done sequels and stuff because I don't think he ever felt. Now there were sequels like The Birds got a Birds two, Psycho got a Psycho two, um, but like North by Northwest uh-huh. never got a part two. Well, did you freeze? Did I? I don't know many actors who've done their own remakes. That's kind of unusual. Just the other actors that do the remake. Right? Oh no no they didn't have the original actors. So in Man Who Knew Too Much, 
in 19 whatever um there was one actor i forgot who it was and then the remake was jimmy stewart so they they didn't do they did have the same people back they had a new cast and it was just oh, okay. done you know it, it was just done um i don't know how to describe it but like kind of i i think he he knew he could do better you know like he wanted to do better um mm-hmm. to be honest it i haven't seen both of them in a while um it'll be funny cuz we'll watch maybe one one season and the next the you know the next season you know and it'll be funny to see what what mm-hmm. our thoughts are like which one we think is a better movie you know mm-hmm. um okay. that that'll be up to us um but so yeah so uh in this movie he uh you know uh he convinces his uh, wife to basically go along with everything because he's a spy for the Americans and he goes and um you know and they start planning everything so they she meets with that lady i i think like oh no before then they go have dinner with the uh with Mr Professor Lind and the other german guy who's been trying to dance or do stuff with the the lady but once he starts realizing he's getting close to professor lind he he starts do you notice he starts like kind of changing his tune he's like no 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 i want to stay here <laughs> make sure you guys don't say anything that you know shouldn't be said you know or right. whatever um you know what i'm Good talking point. about the I think I do. Yeah, you're making a good point there. Yeah, he's uh, very cautious uh, what what to say and uh, and who to say it to, and so he's kind of in, in in an awkward position, kind of in between all these people. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to go dance with a beautiful woman, but he didn't want to uh, he didn't want to leave the side and make sure that some information wasn't accidentally said. Exactly. And um, so then the guy says, you know, basically, fine. Um, uh, you know, I'll go dance with her or whatever. And Professor Linden him have a conversation, which we don't see. Once again, we don't, we don't, we don't get any of that part. And I know you were wondering before we started, did what did you miss anything, right, with that right, sort of thing? Right. You didn't. They didn't okay. ever set up them becoming besties. They just had one scene where um, Professor Lind and him are talking, and you can tell that like they're building up a camaraderie together. They like they like each other, you know. And he invites him the next day to like meet up at his house, you know, or whatever his school, his class, I think it was, you know, and <laughs> uh, uh, or or whatnot. And then he goes to do that but he has to be back at the uh at the other place so that he can get on the bus right so right. to leave to go back home so there's a little bit of that uh ticking clock thing where he was already like an hour late you know they were supposed to be there at nine uh and it was already 10 something oh yeah it's after 10 yeah yeah and, and so yeah and and he doesn't care because all he you know i think he thinks he can just find some other way out at some point you know if he needs to but all in all what he doesn't realize is they found those uh those people the germans have found 
both of the uh, the motorcycle and Gromick. So now they want to talk to him to find out if he is, you know, if he's who he says he is, or if he's really a spy, if he killed Gromick, all this stuff, which um, he, I mean, he did. Um, uh, so he goes, he's at the um, class room with the, uh, with the professor yeah. and man, that did those all those like equations and stuff give you a headache looking at them? Because man, I was just like that's the part I missed. I think because uh my computer glitched for a second and I lost the movie, and then by the time I got it back, I was a little ahead. It had gone ahead without okay. me, and I didn't go back. I didn't see the blackboard thing at all. So, so that's on when the blackboard. Yeah, so on the blackboard, there's just a bunch of different equations. And it was a pretty cool scene. It was like, you know, it was funny because it was like them playing a game together. Like, who's better at math than the other? So Paul Newman walks up to the blackboard and starts doing stuff, like fixing the equation. And uh, and Professor Lynn's like, no, 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 that you got this all wrong. Ah, you know. This is this is the this is the right thing. And he goes, no, 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 no. We've tried that. Our stuff blew up doing that. We need to try it like this. And then he's like, no, 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 no. You blow up if you do it this way, you know. And they get into this fight, and eventually, eventually, Paul Newman goes, oh my god, you got it right. Like that's that's it. That's exactly what I need to know, you know. And uh, Professor Lind gets mad at him. Is like. Wait a minute! You came here for you this. You know nothing. Yeah, you know, you know nothing. nothing. And he starts racing everything so that. Um, but I think by that time he's already sort of memorized mm-hmm. what he needs to do in his head. Yeah, and so, yeah. Professor Lin says, "You know, you stay here. Don't go anywhere. I'm calling. You know, whatever." And of course, what does Paul Newman do? Just <laughs> runs out as quickly as he can, and uh, but- and what. How do they become buddies again on the bus? Oh, that wasn't the and that wasn't Professor Lind on the bus. Oh, you're talking about a different scientist. No, that was a completely different guy. Oh, well, then I didn't see that. Yeah, it was a different guy on the bus. He's not. He's not part. I thought it was. I thought that was this head scientist. Hmm. With a little goatee and uh, yeah, it's like another guy with a little goatee, but it's not the same guy. I don't believe. Oh, wasn't? I sure I didn't think like of that. that as that. I thought. Um. That's why I was wondering how do they become friends? He was saving. He saved him from the police. Uh no, this guy's name is Mister Jacoby. Oh. And Mister Jacoby is the guy in the car in the in the bus. Yeah, completely different guy. Yeah, they oh, okay. look similar. I could get that, right. but they weren't okay. the same guy. No, he right. he's very, you know, he was also one of my favorite characters because that bus scene was my second favorite scene of the whole movie. You know, um, where I mean the bus stuff where they get on the so yeah, I guess so he escapes everybody looking for him. You know, he keeps kind of doing like little things to kind of keep getting hidden by all these people. And he yeah. goes up into a um, what is it? Uh, uh, he goes up to where he needs to be, right, to meet up with those people, right. uh, to meet up with right. uh, his his wife and the lady that's helping him, the nurse, 
and they they go out and they they kind of escape and go to the bus and the bus is late now because they have now made the bus late um and they get into the car uh, into the bus and they're in the back and Mr. Jacoby this guy explains everything like they're part of this group that is basically there to um they he explains it in a nice way where it's like a it's a basically a um a, a round trip ticket basically where they would take the bus to wherever they needed to drop the person off like the travel agency i think it was what it was right so they're taking the bus to the travel agency to drop them off and then uh and then they would the rest of the people would drive back right in the bus so the bus is on the same bus line as a real bus, a regular bus. So they're passing by people who are waiting for the bus. And at one point, they laugh at the people, like the, the poor schmoes that are just, you know, like, hey, them, why did you guys not stop for me? You know, right? They kind of laugh at that because they're not there to pick them up. They're there to just keep going. Um, but what happens is uh what is it, the they get two roadblocks right remember right. the two roadblocks the first one was yeah. what the, the police well they're thieves they're, they're fake police. Well, the first they one was the police right no the second one was the police no the that? first one was the police the first one was the police the police came in looking for the people and they had to like block them so they didn't see uh the Americans you know or whatever like Mr. Jacoby starts talking to somebody else and uh blocks. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, no. He was talking to somebody at he was that was the second one. No, that was the first one. The second one was the thieves. Well, what about the third one then? There was no third was one. A, well then no, I, I saw it differently. The first one was thieves, second one was the real police. They came on, that one guy walked down the aisle, and then the, the older guy turned to uh, somebody else, and he started doing something with him. I can't remember what it was. And then the guy left the bus, and they all heaved a sigh of relief. That's when the old woman got on, right? And uh, and then the the third time, they, they arrested the old woman. Everybody left the bus. And uh, they arrested her, the real slow old woman. Do you remember that? I don't remember that, but uh, this old woman gets on the bus and they're trying to, they're behind because the other buses, the real bus, yeah. is catching up with them. And they yeah. get on the bus, god damn it. And this old woman, she they're dragging her on so, and she's, you know, very infirm. So, what I remember is that the first. The first block, there was a roadblock, and they said, oh, my God, there's a roadblock, and it was the police. And the police come in, and they start looking because they're looking for both Americans, right? They're trying to find them, and they're you know looking around, and uh, the people get off or whatever and leave, and that's fine. The second time they're block, uh, they're like, what is this block? You know, we've got another roadblock. And they go, oh, no, they're thieves. They're um highway thieves or whatever they're um and so the people get on the bus and start looking for uh what is it uh jewelry and and whatnot and uh and then the uh all of a sudden the military come in and take care of the 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 people the um uh take care of the uh the thieves and stuff 
But the problem is the mer the, the the military want to help them get safely so that they don't have this problem again. Problem is now they have to stop at every stop, you know. So they keep doing that. So they have to stop at uh, uh they have to look like they're really, you know, on a bus. You know, problem is when they stop, that other bus is catching up to them, you know, because they're stopping. So they pick up the old lady, they drive. Um, and so, yeah. And then, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, um, and then the, uh, the bus starts to see, they start noticing, oh no, they, they notice the other bus coming. So we're going to have to pull over soon so that, uh, they can talk to us about this. Right. And stuff. So they pull over and they say, you need to meet them at this certain, you need to go to this certain travel agency. Um, and they say, okay, we're going to get off and go to this travel agency. So they get off the, um, uh, they get off the bus and the, the, uh, military are talking to the other bus first, you know, with their backs turned every time they turn their back, everybody just like starts scattering and running as quickly as yeah. ever. And finally, the bus driver notices and goes, hey, look, look over there. And like, the the guy, what is it, the, the military guy comes out and just starts shooting everybody, but doesn't hit anything. You know, thank God. So I was like, oh, God, are they actually going to kill any of these people? But it's a well, people fell down. I saw all of that. The people, some people fell down. I, I thought they were shot. Okay, maybe they uh, were shot. I didn't notice but, that. I only saw that the people running. To my my favorite scene, you may not agree, about the countess that uh, kind of uh, adopted them yeah. and took them over. She was um, remarkable. I thought, my God, what a great actress she was. She I mean, was she great. was laughing, crying, a little neurotic. I mean, a lot of neurotic. She was, she was a character. And, uh, and, and yeah, apparently. I, I loved her performance. So this goes back to Hitchcock not enjoying working with Paul Newman and and uh, and Julie Andrews so much. He started enjoying more working with the other actors, the the German actors who were there. He enjoyed working with yeah. them more, and she was uh -huh. such a delight to him that he invited her to dinner with him and his wife. Whoa! So, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. So and and okay, she was well, my favorite character. She was my favorite character. I really yeah, that's me too. I I mirror marked her for my favorite yeah. more than anything. But, she uh, was hilarious, and she she cracked me up at times. And I was just like, she's my favorite female. I I like the the male yeah. security guard, and I liked her. You know, like those two were just because they were characters. They were people who yeah. who looked like they were having fun being in this movie. You know what I mean? Like. Everybody right. else, a lot of times, even Paul Newman at times, seemed very stiff, seemed very serious. Everything had oh, to be. Oh, yeah. He, I, I did not like him in this. Yeah. It, it seemed like they were very stiff and, and whatnot. But all the other characters, Professor Lind was fun. Um, the the, the, the yeah. German uh, guy who's, you know, curious about everything you know what's going on blah blah blah. i liked him you know i yeah. liked everybody else other than the main leads and i feel like a lot yeah. of films do that sometimes where the main leads are kind of um milk toast compared to like everybody else you know well they are they probably didn't want to be in this movie 
And I think that was part of it because well, they probably yeah, he didn't, he didn't were excited to work with Hitchcock, but that was it. You know, I I I usually like Paul Newman, like some like a hot, like Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and Cool Hand Luke and stuff like that, but not in this one. I was very disappointed. Could you just, imagine? Well, give anything. Could you imagine being um being somebody's favorite actor at that time or whatever, and like a big time director, and they say, you know, would you like to come to dinner with me and my wife? Like, you know, like if there was an, I don't even know who the equivalent of Hitchcock, Sp Steven Spielberg, worked with you and says, you know, you worked with him on uh, Hook, I think, or whatever. But say, I say you had a bigger two things. Yeah, yeah catch see, me if you can and Hook. Yeah, but say yeah, you but... worked with him on a bigger movie and had a bigger part, and he was like, "Oh my God, this actor, G. Larry Butler, I love him, I adore him." Let's, uh, you know, would you like to have dinner with uh, me and my wife? What would you say? Uh, I'm a little busy tonight, but maybe next week. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, of course, I'd be overwhelmed. Course, you'd be yeah. all like, "Yeah, overwhelmed," and you'd be excited. Yeah, sure. And um, I think that's just nice. <laughs> um, I don't think many directors do that anymore. I don't think they invite. Not too many. Or, I think uh, it's except for you, Jonathan. You uh, you invited me to dinner. Yeah, we've had so, dinner. Um, so I guess it's it's kind of like uh, an omen for the future, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, well, I mean, you know, when you get to be that, um, and, and and it's funny because when you get to be that big, like Hitchcock big, you know, yeah. um. You probably him himself, maybe he knows he's famous, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't treat himself like a famous person. You know what I mean? He doesn't, uh, you know, when I when I think of a famous person, I think like a Kardashian or something, you know, yeah, and I guarantee yeah. you they are very sort of more stuck up than Hitchcock would be. Well, they're you know, self-aware of their importance. Yeah. Yeah. They're a little bit more. And, and Hitchcock probably just embraced like like growing up and becoming you know he had to work his butt off to become this person that he was you know and everything I, I read that he was terrified of people you know he'd always have an escort wherever he went if he had to go to the bathroom he'd have somebody with him so they could deflect anybody that comes up to Hitchcock oh I love your movies or can I have around you know he needed a guard at all time I, so, had, a, I had a big celebrity do that to me too um it, it was uh norman reedus who's in the walking dead i had met him oh, wow. uh at a horror convention in 2011 when before he, uh walking dead came out like the year that uh -huh. it came out but like before it even came out and he was just like hanging out with everybody right he would come down and everything next year the complete next year i'm at another horror convention and i come up to say yeah. hello because we had met before and I wanted to say, hey, you know, it's great seeing you at the conventions again. So I came up to see him. He turns around, but he has two, like, kind of security guards next to him. And both guys are like, hey, like, you know, put their hand up, you know, kind of like stay back. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just here to say, you know, hey, uh, it was great seeing you here or whatever, you know, kind of thing. It, like, threw me off because I wasn't used to – all of a sudden, he had a yeah. he had like fucking bodyguards, you know. And I get it because he was on a on a show that was becoming a hit, you know. Like he couldn't he couldn't just yeah. walk down the street, you know. Somebody could punch him out or or do something, you know, like whatever. Yeah. And what is he gonna do, you know, when he has to go to set the next day or something, you know, uh, with a black eye, 
you know what I mean? Like, and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, the point being that uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think, I wouldn't be surprised if Hitchcock had like sort of people kind of like telling people, hey, stay away from him. You know, we don't want, uh, we don't want people like attacking him or something or whatever, you know, touching him, you know? <laughs> um, uh, so yes. So we meet the lady, this, this very sweet lady who realizes who, who they are first off. Like he, she knows these are Americans who are wanted by the law. And so yeah. she wants, she wants her sponsorship, you know, uh, from the, uh, uh, to go to the, to stay at the U.S. and that's all she she just needs sponsors and she's trying to explain to them this, uh, you know, and she like she goes through like twelve emotions throughout the whole, yeah. like, you know, I she's know. like, she's like oh, great, great nobody wants me to be wants to be my sponsor. You be my sponsor, you know, blah, 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 right? Doing yeah. like all these million things, and eventually they said, "Yeah, I would love to be your sponsor if you can just get us to the to the place we need to go to." Right? So she helps them out, and he's supposed to go to this post office and and ask for what was the guy's name? Um, Albert, Sir Albert. So are you Albert? Albert? Yeah, and she that, keeps, that was a great team too. I know she keeps bothering everybody. Like every time the person comes out, she's like Albert. Can you can you help me? You know, Albert. You know, <laughs> and the people are just like, stop, yeah. like leave me alone. Like I'm trying to do my job here. <laughs> well, it and, shows the desperation of the people that you know they have to wait in long lines all day, and some day some days they don't even get to speak to whoever they want to speak to, and so that that's the frustration of it in these countries that you know have to wait for like three hours for a loaf of bread. Right, and uh, we don't ever experience that kind of lines. I recently uh, did coming home from Seattle. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. Have you ever been to In and Out? Uh, I avoid that place like the plague. Exactly. You so, know why? Because it's fucking other, busy. Other shit. Well, that yeah. well, it's because they put sugar and the meat and the buns and everything. I looked it up. They have more sugar and more fat than any hamburger place in history. No wonder Still I love wonder. it. Yeah, that's why people love it because yeah. they trick you. But I'm diabetic; I cannot eat that oh, stuff. Oh, damn! Okay, so yeah. I never, I never eat there. Well, that so, that makes sense. I will not invite you to In and Out ever. No, I can't. I I have to throw the buns away because they're full of sugar. Sometimes I've been there a couple times, and I ask them, "Can you put lettuce around it?" Like they'll do that, and Carl's Jr. will too. But a lot of people go, Ooh, "You put lettuce on your hamburger?" Well, that's my bun. I don't use oh, bread. Oh, so you don't eat the bread, but you eat lettuce. No, around. I never okay. eat bread. I gave up bread years ago, and uh, I lost seventy-five pounds because of it. A lot of people don't realize bread is very fattening. Bread makes so you fat. If, if you stop bread and grain, you won't be fat anymore because it's full of carbohydrates. And so, that is anyway, our but, uh, that is our gym lesson for the day. Yeah, yeah, I just I sneak that in. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay, where are we here? Uh, so we're at we're way, at the post well, office, and the well, uh, she's a sobbing heap. He leaves her huddled in a corner, sobbing hysterically because you know I lost my sponsor. Well, before and then, before then, somebody somebody noticed 
the two Americans. So they went and got the police or whatever to come after them. So they finally got Sir Albert to give them the information they needed and they leave, right? And they leave without as fast oh, as yeah, they can, yeah, yeah. leaving the lady by themselves, by herself. And didn't she didn't she lost her sponsors, yeah. And it was sad. Okay. It was sort uh, of sad. I mean Wait a minute. Didn't then they go to a concert or something, right? A ballet. Yeah. Well they night? meet up before then they meet up with the uh with the the farmer guy, the tractor guy. Oh yeah, the American spy. Yeah. He tells him to meet at the at the concert place, and yep. there's a special door. Oh no, a uh, one minute after lights out, or when it starts, you know, when it goes dim, uh, when it starts, so nobody sees them, and then they leave an intermission. They find the big red door or something, right? And uh, some guy, uh, they got to knock at the door. But before, well, before that, then also wasn't before then wasn't the uh, didn't they they got caught at that place, right? They got caught they got at hot. the concert. You know, they like every all of a sudden all the guards were coming and stopping oh, no, them at no, every no. exit. No, no, go back, go back. The the woman on the stage, the diva. Yeah, the, the stars you get focuses on her eyes. She's got hawk like vision. She could see that far in the audience. That there he is. There's the guy. Yep. <laughs> so she goes and talks to out. one of the guys and gets everybody to. All of a sudden, it gets out there that they're you know well, that they're the there. Swarm the place. They're at each door. And then the, the head the head guy that's looking for him is walking slowly from aisle to aisle to aisle, checking it. And they get closer and closer. And finally, Armstrong goes, shit, I got to do something. But this is what I don't understand. He he yells, fire! This mm -hmm. is fucking Germany. It's not the United States. I Why think, is it, I think Germany for? people know what fire means. Like I think well, they understand. I was thinking that for you know I looked it up. I looked what's German for fire, and I googled it. It's fewer, so I guess it's close enough. But yeah. I was thinking, wait a minute, I found a fly in the ointment here. But uh, but I guess Hitchcock was ahead of me. It's close uh, enough to fewer. It work. was close enough, and so so uh, anyway, when so anyway. when people call Hitler mine fewer, they're they're saying my fire. Yeah. Weird. Right. I didn't know that. It's exactly. How he, he well, he lit a fire under their pants, I under guess. their butt. Uh, I, so anyways, that. I never, I never knew that. I didn't even know what fewer meant. Like, I just thought it meant like yeah, my, thought, my master, my dictator, or whatever. Yeah. You know, so, my leader. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he says fire. Everybody starts leaving, and that's also one of my favorite scenes because all of a sudden. They get swept away with all these different people, and they have to kind of go through everybody. It's almost like a maze of people trying to trying to get there, and it's just like squeezing in through all these people. And it looked very uncomfortable, you know, and everything. And I was like, "That is great." I don't know how how they like choreographed that, but that went really well, you know. Yeah, it was a big mob and uh, total total chaos. They got separated. You know, Sarah and Mike got separated, but they found each other. He kind of, kind of got really aggressive and swam downstream and found her. And then they knocked or banged on that big door and they let him in. Let him in. And then they put him in the baskets. They put him right? in the baskets. Pretty clever. Yep. And, and then, uh, and then they took the baskets and put them on the boat, 
Right. And the boat was run by the lady who we've seen in the beginning of the movie. So it ties back to the beginning of the movie. The lady yeah, who gets in, uh, getting off the plane, you know, in the beginning of the movie, uh, who's getting like, she's like waving to everybody, like she's super duper special or something, you know? Wasn't she the diva in the concert? I think so. Maybe she was. Opera? I don't know what the hell it was. Opera or ballet or something. Maybe it but, was uh, her. Um, yeah, that's so, the one. Yeah, so okay, famous. so it was her. So she is on the boat and she notices like that they they they, they have the um baskets up on a crane thing, you know, uh and everything. Right. And uh the the guy starts talking to, to the baskets and saying, Good luck, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. And the lady notices yeah, yeah. that and says you know, ah, there, there, those, are the, you know, open them up, shoot them, and blah, blah, blah. And so the people start shooting the baskets. And you're thinking, when you're watching this movie, you're like, oh my God, are they dead? And and, and if it yeah. were a down ending, that's probably where it would have ended. They, that's they... a red herring. Yeah, Hitchcock threw that in. Yeah. He scared the shit out of us. I know. And he did. And he I, did. Thought, well, I was worried. I thought, oh shit, did they, you know, because I didn't think that I didn't know. And so they had actually switched the switched them out of that and, and, and did all that stuff so that they could jump out and, and, and they, I guess, do they swim? They swam to well, the, they, they pan over to the other side where you see baskets that have already been open. It's like, Oh, they were on the other side. Yep. So they got out earlier and then, yeah, they're, they're in the water swimming and then they get rescued by the other ship. There's another ship. I guess with Americans or something, right? but yeah. uh, well, they get get out of there. But she's very disappointed, of course. She's such a bitch. I would have loved to slap her. Mm. Uh, she's that type of uh, person, you know, with a, that horrible expression on her face, and because she looked ugly. Would she be but, like uh, a Karen now? Would she be yeah, what's like classified as a Karen? Super Karen. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's a yeah, movie title for you, Super like Karen, like a human monster. Um, so anyway, uh, let's see what else. Uh, so all the clothes were out on the floor and you saw that they already, they got out. Okay. And, uh, and they flee to the other side, jump in the water, got saved. The diva's pissed. Um, her name was, uh, Lila Kadrova. Oh no, that, that was the countess. I forget what her name was. Uh, such a memorable performance. Uh, but it's a Cold War story based on a true story. Um, but I just think that uh, both actors were miscast in this. And so uh, Gromit died in an oven. Um, and uh, Michael fooled Professor Lent. Right. And uh, he, uh, what? Well, anyway, we've already talked about that. Um, so. His cover was blown, but he gets away, escapes. And uh, so that's, yeah, it turned out to be a pretty good movie after all. But I just was frustrated because I watched it in such a weird way with commercials every two minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I need to actually uh, rent it next time. I want to so buy it. I think it is on 4K now and stuff, and I would love to have it. It is a movie that, even though it's not my favorite of Hitchcock's films or whatever, I still like. Once again, I I love certain scenes in the movie that 
you know, the deaths, uh, the death by the gas chamber, even now, now that you kind of mentioned that it was sort of ironic, well, that makes it even dark, better. Dark humor. Yeah. Dark humor, irony, the, the bus scene, um, they're just, they have to pick yeah. up the people after a bit. And it just, it's just like, it's, it's a Hitchcock suspense shit, you know? Um, it's, it's yeah. I, I even enjoyed that one woman. We didn't talk about her. They kept arguing with him, like, get them off the bus, throw them off the bus. Oh. They're going to get caught. Yeah. I, I was going to mention her and I forgot, like when we got in yeah. our conversation. There was about... another, another Karen. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, she just, so yeah, she annoyed her. the fuck out of me. I'm like, just get off the fucking bus, Jake. Really? You don't want to be there. You know, they should have just threw her off, but they didn't. No, um, they, they the, the Mr. Jacoby kept yelling at her, like, hey, calm down, chill out. You know, yeah, I think it's going to be fine. You know, um, and I, I mean, polite. literally, if you're stuck in that situation, you got to just go with it, you know, and yeah. stuff. You can't just be yeah. like, oh, these Americans are going to blah, blah, blah. We never dealt with police before. Like, yeah, whatever. Just deal. Just go with it. Yeah. You know, they're all going with it, you know. Um, yeah. So you'll figure it out. Um, anyway, I, I liked the movie a lot. I thought it had some really good moments. Um, I would like to learn more about it. Uh, see what Hitchcock really thought about it. Like, I know, like I read, like he was not a fan but uh, on working on it, I don't know if that meant that he wasn't a fan of the movie itself, you know, or whatever. But you know, well, yeah, I guess well, we'll find out later if we looked it up. Well, well, I guess that's about it. That about wraps it up. Um, we, we what's our next the movie? Film. What is our uh, next? Ah, what, I know what, what our next movie is going to be. It's one I'm really excited about because we reviewed it for Criterion Watch before. But I wanted to do it on here because we haven't done it on this podcast yet. And you have I, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's the uh the film Rebecca. Um which is uh it's okay. So it is one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. Like of the movies that like not a lot of people talk about for sure. Yeah. You know, it's not forgotten or anything. A lot of people still do talk about it, but it is still one of my favorite um, movies of, of his. And I think I have a feeling you'll like it too. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, sure where I, you can watch it yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I've heard a lot about it. So it's a lot of people's favorites or one of their favorites. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you'll have to figure it out online somewhere if you can find it. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I have to rent it, I will. Yeah. So it would make it easier. Yeah. So you don't but, have to, yeah, you don't have to watch every Amazon two seconds account. of uh, commercials. Yeah, I, I stopped my Amazon account. Now I wish I hadn't. That uh, was another problem. So anyway, yeah, I look forward to that. Um, so that'll be next month or? Next next month's movie, yep. Okay. All right. So January's okay. movie, which will be a lot of fun. We'll bring in the new year with okay. Rebecca, which Means okay. to tell you that everybody, this is the last episode of 2023 for Hooked on Hitchcock. Um, so join us next year where we'll be talking about Rebecca, which I'm really excited about, and uh, I think Larry's going to be excited about it too. It's it is it's a definitely a much better movie than this, you know. And Lawrence Olivier and um, um, oh, interesting. 
Yeah, you know, some great actors. Lawrence Olivier and uh, Olivia, uh, or Joan Fontaine. I'm sorry. Oh, Joan yeah. Fontaine. Okay, very great good. cast. So. And I mean, this this is a quintessential Hitchcock. Um, I do remember him yeah. having problems with David Selznick for it, you know, and whatnot. But it was about the same time that uh, it was 1939, the same year, 1940. It was about that. It's like right after Gone with the Wind. And everything. Oh, okay. I think you'll. I think you'll really like it. Um, yeah, and everybody right. else, I go watch that movie before we do our uh, review, so you can, you know, listen to us talk about this. Um, yeah, and if you yeah, haven't you seen Torn join. Curtain, go see Torn Curtain. Um, we kind of give you the whole plot, but um, you still need to see it. There's some great scenes in that movie that are just worth it. You know, just for that. So until then, everybody. Cool. Hope you guys have a good one. And thank you, Larry. Avida Sane. Avida Sane. All right. Bye, everybody.